Okay, apologize for that, guys. Uh, I was just getting a call on my phone call, so we're back now. But uh, we were discussing Fultz, so hopefully uh, uh, he, we just hope for him that he gets more playing time in Orlando and hopefully uh, somewhat turns around what has been a rough year and a half for him to start off his NBA career. But with that, I think we've discussed most of the Eastern Conference. We'll now move into kind of the Western Conference, and we'll start right at the top with Golden State the two-time defending champions. Obviously, what has looked like a kind of just a lot of stuff going on with them, kind of with the Draymond-Kevin Durant situation, Durant uh, getting questioned about his free agency, that kind of being a lingering issue. Even given all that and bringing DeMarcus Cousins back into the fold, they still sit there two and a half games above Denver, first place in the Western Conference. So what's kind of the <laughs> foregone conclusion with the Warriors, actually, it's definitely a foregone conclusion they're going to win the championship again, right? I have to agree. I don't see any team beating them right now. I mean, uh, there were some changes made in the East, you know, if they got stronger, but at this point, I don't really see them, I don't see a team beating them, you know, I mean, uh, I, I think they're, uh, I think the Warriors still have time to mesh together, you know, before the, before the season ends and then uh, and the playoffs start. I think once, uh, I, I think they can get through this whole Kevin Durant thing. I know right before uh, the playoffs start, I think everybody will match. And I think when that happens, it's going to be difficult to beat them. Okay. Rebound, what are your thoughts on the Warriors? Any chance that any team in the Western Conference or Eastern Conference can take them down? What do you think? I don't think anybody in the West really has a chance. It's going to be a walkthrough for them. Um, the East, uh, maybe, but I doubt it. I, I can see Philly putting in a run, taking them to six, but I, I don't see them winning. Okay. And then, Asif, in regards to kind of their offseason situation, who's kind of the odd guy out in regards to the contract situations because they can't really pay all three or all four of those guys that are free agents well, in the offseason? Well, so. see, it's interesting, right? Because DeMarcus, can only, they can only offer DeMarcus six million bucks because of the way the mid attack, the mid level exception works. So he's gone regardless. He's shown he's healthy enough. He'll get a big contract from whoever this summer with all these teams that have a bunch of cap space. So he's already gone, right? Like, the DeMarcus deal was a one year deal. Like, that, they knew that. That was, and both sides understood that. So there's no ill will or hurt, hurt feelings there. But then if you look at the other three guys, right? It's like, they're going to give Clay the max just because, I mean, he's one of the best two way guys in the league and he doesn't care about being third or fourth banana. It's rare to find those guys. And then Draymond, you don't have to really worry about until the following summer, summer of 2020, I believe. Kevin Durant's an interesting situation, right? Because assuming they don't win, I think he's gone in a minute. But if they do win, I think there's a part of him that wants to come back on another one-year deal and see if he can get the fourth one and, and play one year at the Chase Center. That's just my own sort of personal bias and story. But, but the, I mean, this whole team that's constructed now with these four guys has most a year and a half left on it, in my opinion. That's just my opinion, but... Okay. And I think also with that, I think Stephen Kerr will probably step away and after. He might, he might coach a year after once like Durant leaves, but I think he's sort of done in the next, call it, three to four years. He's just like, there's just too many other things going on. I've had a remarkable run, and I just want to walk away while I'm still on top. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, with Golden State, I mean, I kind of want to see how far they can take it in, in regards to see how many titles they can win, become a great dynasty. But just in the salary cap era and so forth, that kind of just hinders their 
the length of any dynasties that we see. So that's kind of yeah. like you said, just gonna what's gonna end the whole thing. So, but in regards to that, I think I think we all three, all four of us agree that it's foregone conclusion they're gonna win again. But given yeah, that, we'll injury. we'll discuss. Injury, right? I mean, you have yeah, to say that just barring, barring injury. Yeah, that's always a preface yeah, you have to make, but. And then another team uh, that we'll we'll discuss now. I mean, we kind of all went over on them, I believe, in our podcast in October. The Denver Nuggets. So they've kind of struggled a bit lately, but they sit there in second place at thirty-seven and eighteen. What do you see from them? Rebound. I mean, do you think they can possibly make a deep run? What do you think? Okay, I mean, what, what's what do you think that's lacking for them? Is the amount of experience? Do you think Jokic is still coming into form? Jamal Murray is still coming into form? I mean, what's missing for them that's ultimately going to hinder them? Okay, and Akshay, in regards to Denver, st- staying on Denver, uh, Rebound kind of mentioned the number two guy. Who do you think on their current uh, roster can be that number two guy? you think it can be Gary Harris, Jamal Murray? I mean, anybody on that roster do you think that can be the number two? Um, You know, they have, uh, I mean, Paul Millsap is still there, right, on that team? Yes, he ha- he's been hurt a, a yeah. bit, so he's missed some games. So. Oh, he's missed games. I, I think if he comes back, Healthy, I think he can definitely be a, a number two player for that team. I mean, um, I mean, Gary Harris is there. I mean, I think this team is. Uh, I think they're they're stacked as far as like talent wise. But I think as far as leader, I think they are. I think that's what they're sort of lacking. Maybe if uh, Isaiah Thomas comes by, he can uh, he can be that leader that they need uh, to get them past the elite teams. You know, um, I don't know. That's what I would think. Okay, and then. Asif, a question to you about Denver in regards to Jokic. Uh, is he someone that you see that can kind of become like a top-level MVP candidate in a couple of years? What do you think? I think he's very close to it already. I don't think he's quite there, but yeah, definitely. I mean, the guy's, what, 23 years old, still developing. I mean, he definitely can get there. Uh, and that team just as constructed. And don't forget, that team's got Michael Porter sort of sitting on the off on the bench this entire season, figuring out his back situation. If he comes back and is sort of even like seventy-five percent of the player that they thought, they have another really nice young piece that they're adding. And it's, I mean, Denver still got upside from. I don't think they're going to come out of the West this year by any means. They may not get past the semifinals. I think they can win an opening round series. But that team still has upside, right? That's the important thing. You're not going to blow that team up for even if a poor performance in the playoffs this year. Okay, fair enough. Uh, with that, well, I guess we'll see what happens with Denver. They're an exciting young team, but ultimately I think they lack the kind of inexperience, the experience that you need to make a deep run in the playoffs. So I think that's what's going to hinder them this season. But with that, we'll move on to a little uh, a team that has uh, more experience and sits in third place currently, Oklahoma City Thunder, who have just looked uh, really good. I mean, had a really good uh, comeback win yesterday against Houston. Coming back from 25 points down in that one. And then Russell Westbrook has been uh, 
not not so good offensively, but he's averaging a triple double for the third consecutive season, and he's looked he's put, looked really well in terms of the facilitating type role. His shot selection has looked better, and he's getting other players involved. Like Paul George has really stepped up and had a career year. I mean, his best year probably since his days in Indiana. So. Things have look, really looked good for Oklahoma City. So, rebound, what do you think about Oklahoma City? I mean, any possibility that they can give Golden State some trouble in the conference finals if they do, if they can make it there? What do you think? Yeah, excuse me. Yeah, I really think they can give Golden State some trouble. As you mentioned, Russell Westbrook is starting to more facilitate than shoot, which is good because his shooting has been off. Even his free throws, he's like 64% from the free throw. Yeah, and they blew a lead last night, too. Or they came back, actually, sorry. Yeah, crazy comeback, they had a crazy comeback. 26 down, 26, it came back. And, yeah, Paul George is uh, he's becoming the, the number one now. And, I mean, Westbrook's dropping to the number two. And Paul George is going to be the scorer. And I think this is the second best team in the West. Okay, and this is a question, Akshay. Uh, in regards to Oklahoma City, when with their front line, Jeremy Grant, Paul George, and Steven Adams, where does that kind of rank in terms of best defensive front lines in, in the entire league? Because that's a really long and guys that play really good defense. Where do you kind of put them in regards to defensive front lines in the entire NBA? You know, I'm, I would have to put them. Uh, I think they're definitely up there in the top five. I mean, I don't think they're number one. I, mean, I think they can still add a player. Maybe look at at the buyout market for a center. Maybe that they can look at. I mean, there's what uh, um, uh, the Lopez kid, um, the kid out of New York. I forget what his name was, but I mean, there's there's players still available. I think if they can get that kind of talent, I think that will definitely help them. I mean, with their defense, I think they need another scorer as well uh, because I think they do. Um, uh, there are times where uh, they do have dry spells. You know, you can't always get uh, Paul George and, and uh, um, for him to always take shots at the end. I mean, uh, I think it's, uh, I think they're, but uh, as far as defensive talent, I think they're, they're definitely high up there. But I think they need another player. Maybe they can find one in the buyout market that can help him. Okay. And then, Asif, any kind of semblance that we see that, a matchup with Golden State will kind of bring out an offensive vigor from Russell Westbrook and kind of a historic type offensive performance. What do you think? I mean, it definitely happened. I mean, but the Warriors have proven that they have enough guys that they can throw at Bob Russell to slow him down a little bit. Not you don't stop Russell Westbrook; he's a superstar. He's going to do his thing. But Clay, Andre Iguodala, Draymond can guard him for spells. I mean, I know they sort of have let you know, Steph sort of let him just run rough shot over and step is a half decent defender. I know he's the weakest of the links on Golden State in terms of defenders, but they've proven that they can play even when he's going off, so it's not unheard of. Okay, That's and then my, my general opinion about that. And then the Warriors obviously we saw them struggle in twenty sixteen against Oklahoma City with the length uh can can they Steven Adams and Jer- Jeremy Grant, those type of guys provide some sort of uh Kind of a struggle to Golden State, give them a little bit of trouble with their length. What do you think? Asif? Sorry, what was that question? So, uh, the length, yeah, I mean, the Warriors have been 
they'll always provide historically the past four years, so I don't think anything in the chair would change from that perspective and how we're going to get through that. Okay. All right, yeah. I mean, Oklahoma City, I think, is definitely a one of the better teams outside of Golden State in the Western Conference. They have all the kind of pieces, and they look like they're really putting it together this season. I, I really like what they're doing, and I'll be really excited to see how they're fair in the playoffs. So, But with that, we'll get to another team, fourth, currently fourth in the Western Conference, Portland Trailblazers, kind of sitting usually where they are in the regular season, the last four or five seasons in the Western Conference. So what has to kind of change for Portland rebound in the playoffs for them to eventually kind of make some sort of uh, – Half decent run. What do you think? I mean, nothing's gonna change, and nothing has changed. They got Jokic last year, and nothing really changed. They lost in the first round. This is pretty much the Washington Wizards of the West. They're on uh, CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard. They gotta, they gotta just start over, in my opinion. In the West, they're not going anywhere in the next five years with this team, and they'll probably be bounced in the first round. Okay. Akshay, what do you think about Blazers? I mean, I agree with the, the rebound here. I, I think they're just at a stalemate right now. I don't think that core is working. I, I think something has to be done. Maybe uh, McCollum uh, needs to be traded. or I don't know. I mean, at this point, I, I think they've tried a lot of different options. It didn't really work. I know they're, they picked up Scal Labirsi from Sacramento. I mean, we'll see what happens there if they... If that does anything, which I don't think it really will, but I think so. I think they need to hit the reload button. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, Portland, there's just, I mean, their their guys are just one way guys. I mean, their Portland uh, are their backcourt with McCollum and Lillard. They're good offensively, but they're not really two way players. And then their front court guys are kind of serviceable with Aminu and Nurkic, but they're not really game changers when it comes to high-level, high-intensity playoff games. So I think that's just kind of what's going to hinder them again. And then they're probably most likely going to lose in the first round again this season. So, Asif, any thoughts you want to kind of input on the Blazers or should we move on? No, I'll just say I, I generally agree with you guys. I think that the, the script that they're playing from is pretty stale, but it's still functional. So I wouldn't call for an all-out blow-up because, I mean, the Washington analogy, I mean, like those guys, like, they need a longer and it's just the sub-500 team, these guys are still going to be a 3-4-5 seed in the West. I mean, you just, you can put it, keep putting it together and hope there's a break one year, you get some injuries, and you can get to the conference finals, even maybe somehow make the finals miraculously. I mean, never know. So, okay. it's, just, it's just a challenge. I mean, yeah, I definitely agree with you on the, that it's a stale, stale script that they're playing, reading from. Okay, and then, uh, well, with that, we'll move to number five team in the Western Conference, Houston Rockets, who have been playing really well as of late due to James Harden's hot streak of 30-plus point games. So in regards to kind of James Harden's tear, Akshay, uh, where does this kind of rank with amongst the other type of streaks that we've seen? Uh, I mean, Jordan have his 40-point streak. Kobe have the same. LeBron had some sort of kind of uh, scoring field goal percentage streak in 2013. Where do we put a uh, hardened streak of uh, 30 plus point games in context with the other the other great streaks that we've seen? What do you think? I, I definitely think it has to be up there too. You know, with the with the other streaks. I mean, what he's doing is incredible, bro. I mean, 
mean, it's just, uh, I, I don't know how he does it. I mean, how, how he's able to do this consistently for that long. You know, I mean, I, I think it, it, it definitely is an achievement, and I, I, I do think it has to be up there with them. You know, with, with Houston in general, I just want to add, I, I think um, I think they rely a little too much on him, on James Harden. I think maybe they, if they, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, it's kind of tricky there as well. If they make some changes that can possibly help them uh, in their postseason run. But uh, but with James Harden, back to him, I think it's, it, it's incredible what he's doing. I mean, I think it's... Uh, it definitely has to be up there with uh, with the other top performances in the league. Okay, and then rebound, uh, staying on the Rockets, uh, Chris Paul just getting back into the fold. Obviously, that co- big contract looks to be a really bad decision the way this season has played out for him. So as far as their long-term goals, making a deep r- uh, run in the Western Conference, did they have any chance if Chris Paul doesn't get back into kind of form and kind of take a little bit of a load off of James Harden in, in the playoffs in those tough, high-pressure high, high pressure games. What do you think? I don't think they have a chance whether he gets back in form or not. I just don't see it in Houston. They had their run last year, and they're a one-hit wonder. And I just don't see it from this team this year. Okay, fair enough. Asif, uh, in regards to Houston, uh, James Harden MVP, no doubt, so far. What do you think? And do you think that can change in the last 25 games? I'd give him the edge over Giannis, but I don't think it's that far of a vote between the two. I mean, Giannis is playing lights out, too. So, I mean, but I'd still give it to Harden. Okay, fair enough. I mean, we'll see what happens with Houston, but, uh, yeah, like I, I kind of have to generally agree with you guys. I mean, second round at best, in my opinion, because I, I just think Chris Paul is just too old and his kind of nagging injuries are just going to stack up and, kind of just be a hindrance on them and they're going to become really predictable in the playoffs in regards to hard, ball dominance with Harden and Harden historically tends to get less foul calls in the playoffs and he's a player that really is dependent on going to the free throw line dependent on getting foul calls and the game is called a little more tight in the playoffs and I think that's really going to be spell trouble for the Rockets so but with that we'll move on to some other teams in the Western Conference. We'll discuss uh, kind of a big trade. It didn't happen right at the trade deadline, but kind of happened maybe a week before, I believe, in regards to the Mavericks uh, trading for Chris Tapps Porzingis, uh, sending DeAndre Jordan, Wesley Matthews some picks, and getting uh, Chris Tapps Porzingis back from the Knicks and as the the main part of the deal. So rebound. Uh, kind of, it's kind of just ironic for them. They're losing. A European legend and Dirk Nowitzki probably at the end of the season, and now they've gained two young European superstars in Luca and Kristaps Porzingis. So, what what's kind of the your analysis on the deal, and what do you think happens for Dallas moving forward into next season? Obviously, this season they probably won't make the playoffs, but are they a perennial contender going into next season moving forward? What do you think? They obviously got the young talent. They won this trade easily, and they have a bright future. Traded away Wesley Matthews and Harrison Barnes, so those guys are gone. They don't have to deal with them anymore. And Mark Cuban knows what he's doing. He, he's he's got, he's one of the best owners in the NBA. And this team is definitely gonna look bright in the future. I'd say give it like two years maybe, and then they'll be good. And New York, I don't know what, why they did this deal. I guess Kristaps wanted out, and they wanted to clear two cap spaces because. 
rumors are saying they're going to Kyrie and Kevin Durant. But who knows what's going to happen in the offseason. Okay, actually, in regards to Porzingis, uh, he's obviously going to miss probably a decent amount of uh, next season as well with the ACL injury. So what how, what what do you see from Porzingis? Uh, do you think he can go back to his full strength of what he was last season before the injury? What do you think? I think so. Uh, I think he can get back to uh, full strength, you know, because he's so young. You know, he's a young kid. He's still there. He can do it. I, I think Dallas, with this move, I think it was a great move by them. You know, you have Luka Donick, that's a future all-star. You know, I mean, just the way he plays is amazing. And you add uh, a Beringus, you know, and but, uh, but what I like is a Caps case um, they created. I think they, uh, according to uh, uh, looking at Spock Track right now, and they're they're saying they could potentially have fifty three million in cap space for. I'm sorry, it's uh, fifty two million in cap space for next year. You know, and going forward, I mean that 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 definitely gives them the potential to add another star player or two uh, to their roster. So I mean, it's definitely it, it's a good move for Dallas. I think they were. Um, I think they needed to sort of retool after. Um, what happened uh, after they picked up Donick so they can add more players that can uh, that can work around his skill set. So, I mean, um, I think the future is bright. Okay, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I, I really like what Dallas is doing with this trade. Uh, I think it's really going to serve them well for the future. And Luka Doncic is my no-doubt rookie of the year so far. He's been playing excellent. I mean, I really like his game. He has really excellent step back. He has a really good shooting touch. And I think he's going to have a really good... Him and Porzingis are going to form a really good duo for the coming years in, in the Western Conference. So we'll see what happens with that. But Asif, I mean, what's kind of your overall thoughts on the trade uh, for Porzingis? Uh, the, is it a, a no-doubt or win for the Mavericks? Or do we see something... Dallas, they got the superstar. Um, they gave up two probably mid to late first-round picks. Um Gave up Dennis Smith, who, look, I like as a player, but historically this league, undersized guards that are more scorers than they are distributors have always under, their teams have always underperformed, so giving up that asset. I mean, think about it, when they made the Luka trade, they gave up another pick and they gave up to move up two spots again, right? It's like, they went after the players they really wanted, and they've always just, and I don't, at one point, I really don't understand with them. It's historically how they've always struck out free agency, but I think it's a very desirable destination, good ownership, good coach, good playing style. And they've sort of been very cognizant of that and recognize that. And that they're, that they're, the best way to acquire players is to trade rather than free agency. So I think it's a win for them. Okay. And, and I see what um, New York did as well. I mean, I think Rion mentioned they said Kristaps wasn't all in, and you traded him before he. You have little leverage, right? It's just kind of like the Jerron Williams from Utah and Jersey playbook. You trade him as soon as they say they're not playing for you anymore. You just don't let it become a story and just punt them. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that's a really good point. So, but with that, I guess, I guess the last team we'll look at uh, in the Western Conference uh, rebound. They're out on the playoffs. They're out of the playoffs right now, but. What has kind of your, been your opinion in regards to the Lakers' management and what they did at the trade deadline? Are, were you a fan or not? I mean, I wasn't a fan of, trade, of making all the offers public. Obviously, the Anthony Davis thing, that's the biggest thing, even though it didn't go through. It was just stupid. Every offer was public, and 
I think they were giving up too much. They would have to keep uh, either Ingram or Kuzma, and obviously Kuzma is the better one right now. But you can't give all three, and they were giving everything, and New Orleans still wasn't budging. And then the other two trades, I was really disappointed with Zubak going. I was a big fan of him. And then the other one, I really didn't care. It's, it's like a wash. Reggie Bullock, I don't even know how he, who he is and how he plays, so I'll see it today on the game in about an hour. And then I think they're going to make the playoffs because, uh, I mean, LeBron was out a month. Obviously, that had a big impact on the Lakers. And then the Clippers, like I mentioned earlier, they dumped off their whole their whole team, most of it, or most of it. And then if, if that go, if it comes down to the Lakers and the Kings, and I'll take the Lakers. Obviously, I'm being biased, but I think you're going to take LeBron over Buddy Hill, Willie Cauley-Stein, De'Aaron Fox. I mean, you, you, I, I'm, I'm being biased 100%, but I'll pass it on to Asif. All right, Asif, what do you think about the Lakers ultimately in the playoffs for sure, or do you think they miss out? They'll be the 8th or 7th seed. I mean, LeBron will win there. They'll make a little mini-season run, but I don't think they're going to make much noise. I mean, never count a team with LeBron out in the playoffs. <laughs> Just easy philosophy to go with. Okay. Akshay, what do you think about the Lakers? Are you kind of salivating that they didn't get Anthony Davis? And no. I think, uh, I think, uh, I mean, I'm not celebrating, bro, you know, because, uh, because like I said before, I don't know if uh, Anthony Davis is worth it to give up all those draft picks. I mean, that's, uh, that's a little to be determined for me. But I think with the Lakers, I think they failed in, in a major way in the offseason. I mean, uh, no pun intended to anybody, but it's uh, they had their chance for Anthony Davis, you know, before he hit the open market in summer, where now the Celtics have the opportunity uh, to get him. You know, I think they could have closed the deal before that happened, but it, it didn't work out that way. I think, um, um, I think their agent, Rich Paul, I don't really think, I think he dropped the ball. Um, Armona Shelbourne, I think she was, uh, I don't know, I mean, this is my belief, this is my thing, maybe I'm a little biased, but I think they were sort of um, making all these sort of uh, false claims about sort of players and so on, and, and I think that sort of hurt the Lakers, hurt their organization, Magic trying to trade their entire roster for AD, and I think that sort of hurt, is, hurt, is going to hurt the chemistry with, with the young kids there. You know, because they don't know if they're going to get traded or not. There was some game where I think, uh, I don't know who they were playing, but uh, the fans were saying, like, oh, LeBron's getting you traded and so on. <laughs> they were chanting that during the game. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I don't recall who they played. It was some Yeah, they played, uh, they played Indiana, and they were chanting that to Brandon yeah. Ingram. LeBron's going to trade yeah, you. Brandon, yeah, Brandon Ingram. Correct, correct. So it's sort of, it's sort of a, it's a huge mess right now, dude. And I, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean... Uh, uh, Lakers definitely have cap space for next season, but I think with AD, I think it, it definitely hurt them. What happened with Rich Paul and all that, and I don't know. I mean, uh, going forward, we got to wait and see what happens. But I don't think at this point the Lakers have to. I think they have to uh, band-aid a lot of the wounds that they did already, and I mean they have to to, uh, to try to find to band-aid it. You know, I mean uh, a lot of things happened. I think there's a lot of chemistry issues now, so. We'll see what happens. And with LeBron, I mean, I mean, this is what LeBron does. You know, wherever he's been, he's had issues with players. Um, he's had, in Cleveland, he had issues with Kyrie. Kyrie got traded. He had issues with the coach. Here, now with Luke Walton, all the rumors going around that, that 
LeBron, I mean, uh, Walton has to go. He's not the coach for the Lakers and so on and so on. It's, it's, this is all, I mean, there's all this uh, unneeded drama right now uh, going around the Lakers with their agents like uh, um, Rich Paul and, I mean, with Rich Paul and so on, uh, with uh, even Brian Whithorst, which I don't think he's really, I know he's close to LeBron. I think with, with all the rumors going around, all, all the things people are saying, who knows what's going to happen, but I don't think at this point it looks very good. I think they need to uh, sort of fix what's happening internally within within their organization. Okay. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. I mean, obviously with LeBron, I mean, they've all he's all like you said he's always had some sort of drama at, at his whatever team he's played for. But at in the end, he's always kind of made the finals in the last eight nine seasons. But that's probably not going to be the case this season. That's where that run ends and. They definitely probably make a little mini run, like Asif said, and get into the seventh seed or something, and then at best probably win a first round series. I don't see them going much further than that, but we'll see what happens. Ultimately, this this team will will judge them more probably next season when they have some some other when they add some big time free agents, hopefully for them. But we'll see what happens. But with that being said, uh, any other major news you guys want to discuss? Any of you guys, Asif, rebound, Akshay? Yeah, I like to add something as well. I I definitely like what the Clippers are doing this offseason, or what they've done. I mean, uh, I think Jerry West. This is all Jerry West's moves. I mean, uh, he's the one who built Golden State. And, I mean, the Clippers are. I think they're. I mean, now they have max money for two. For, I mean, uh, for two max free agents this offseason. Um, I think the, I like the moves they made. They sent uh, Avery Bradley out. Uh, I really like this kid, uh, Shamet, who they picked up, uh, Laundry Shamet. I think he's, uh, I think he has potential to be a very good player. You know, I mean, uh, they picked up uh, uh, Jamal Green from the Grizzlies. I think uh, he's sort of underrated. But uh, I do think, I definitely like the, the way the organization is going. You know, um, uh, moving forward with the Clippers, I definitely think they're, uh, I think they're changing under the, uh, under Jerry West, uh, I think he's managing everything now. So I, I think the Clippers are on the road up. Okay, fair enough. Asif, rebound. Anything else to add? Any major thing you guys want to discuss? No, I'm okay, guys. Well, I got to run, and, um, and hopefully I can't wait to listen to this again later. Okay. Talk to you guys later. Thank you for, for coming on, Asif. And rebound, Akshay. Always a pleasure. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Uh, hope you guys enjoy uh, the All-Star Game next weekend and the second half of the NBA season. So after this next podcast, will probably be in a mo- about a month for NCAA March Madness. So I'll see you guys then. Thank you.